But if I had asked more questions to build the autonomy, to build the skill set, to be able to do it by myself, I think then when shit got hard, when things in my personal life changed, when I quit a job, when I canceled a wedding, when I moved back home from North Carolina to New Jersey, and I didn't have some of the systems that I had in place when I lived in North Carolina, if I had gained more of that knowledge in a way that wasn't other people dictating it to me and more of Krista taking ownership of that, I don't think I would have struggled as much. And now I don't know. I had a lot of different life events that all kind of happened at the same time, but it is something in reflecting on it now, three and a half years later that I think could have been a little different. So how do I pay that forward? I try to instill that in all of our clients. I really try to instill somebody who comes to us and asks questions. Let's link up with Krista on The Fix. She's a wellness coach with a focus on mental well-being and physical strength. What's up, Fix listeners? Welcome to episode 115 of the Fix podcast. I'm your host, Krista Huber, and I'm back with a solo for you guys. In case you missed last week's episode, it was so much fun having on one of our very own Fitness Fix clients, my girl Amanda. She absolutely rocked it. It was really beautiful to see how many messages came through. Um, from like a lot of personal messages that she got and just people reaching out to her, telling her how proud of her that they were, that they felt that she was for being so vulnerable and just everything she shared, the light that she shed on mental health awareness and really understanding her experience with OCD. And if that was an episode you missed, I just want to acknowledge it once again, because I thought it was really powerful stuff. And I'm just truly honored to be able to not only work with women like Amanda, but to be able to cultivate a community that also then supports her in the way that people do. I had other clients reach out to me and just say, Amanda did such a great job on that episode and really captured what her experience has been like inside of the fitness fix program. So strongly, strongly urge you to go back to episode 114 and check that out. Now we're going to switch gears up a little bit for this week. And it's been a hot second since I dished out some more of the motivational mixed with some nutrition, let's say, and just, and, and fitness too. We're going to touch a lot on fitness in this one. Um, just from something that has kind of been coming up a lot among clients and something that I've really been kind of like shifting in my content and also the way that I coach because I'm getting a lot more people coming to me and I wouldn't say more. I think this is still like very indicative of what the type of person that we work with struggles with is the fact that they are feeling stuck in their fitness routine in the sense that they don't feel stuck with their routine. They're actually showing up to the gym. They're doing it on a regular basis, but they don't feel like it's aligning with what they physically see in the mirror. When they take a picture and they look back at those photos, there's a mismatch and they can't quite figure out why that mismatch is. And I would actually argue that that is a hundred percent the sweet spot of the type of person that we really support inside of the fitness fix program. And even more so that person is typically a group fitness person. Now, I think the reason that person is typically a group fitness person is because most of the women and men that we support and really help create this transformational change for in their lives are individuals who 
really are busy and they're moms, they're dads, they're professionals. They are wearing a lot of different hats. They're somebody's wife. They're somebody's husband. They're a great employee. And they really, really pride themselves on being excellent in all of these capacities of their lives. But that shit's exhausting. Okay. We can't pour from an empty cup. And while I've definitely dished out episodes before that just talk about this idea of making sure that you're taking care of you so that you can show up better for other people, that's always going to be an underlying theme. But what I really want to hit on today is one, what the heck should we be doing to decide if something is actually working for us? And then two, if it's not working for us, where do you actually start in making change? Those are the two things that to me, from all the people I've worked with, the hundreds of people that we've supported inside of the fitness fix, and probably the thousands of people that I've worked with just as a personal trainer and group fitness instructor over the years, that's where I think people are just really not sure where to turn to, even if they have access to somebody like myself and they can kind of come up to me after a class, even in a more casual setting and just ask the question of like, I'm frustrated with my nutrition or I'm frustrated with my fitness. I feel like I am working so hard, but the effort that I'm putting in doesn't mirror what I see when I look at myself, doesn't mirror what I expect when I try on clothes. It's not helping me feel confident. You fill in the blank there. So if that's you, please turn this episode all the way up because I think it's really going to resonate. And as I started thinking about this, and again, I mentioned that I was going to go on this topic in like a fitness route. So when I say a fitness route, I mean more so in the context of your fitness routine and what you're actually doing in the gym with your workouts. And that's where I really want to start with this because I think that's the most relatable piece, at least in terms of the people that I talk to most often, whether it's a potential client, a current client, or somebody that I have trained or currently trained in some capacity. So with that said, here's the picture that I want to paint for you. If you have seen any of my last couple of Instagram posts, I put a few stories up on this. If you're listening to this the day that the episode actually drops, I put a few stories up literally yesterday about this exact subject matter going off of a reel where in the reel, I kind of dispelled some of the typical myths that so many of us buy into when it comes to assessing the quality of our workout. And a lot of these myths have just been perpetuated first and foremost from dumb things on the internet. I mean, just conflicting information, fad trends, one of them being this like overabundantly emphasis on cardio and the fact that everyone thinks your workout isn't considered a good workout unless you really sweat a lot. So in the post, I talked about the fact that so many clients who come to us and I've been this person too. So I really feel strongly about this and I really feel passionate about this. It's someone recognizing that they can actually see results. And this is what we provide for them is when you one, stop looking at your workouts from the perspective of how much did I sweat or how many calories did I burn? And that being equivalent, you know, more sweat, more calories equals a better workout. doesn't work like that. Two is a person who is really caught up on this idea of variety and thinking that you need muscle confusion. I referenced this in an episode, not too many episodes back, um, where I talked about what I would do if I was going to start over on my fitness and nutrition journey and just my health journey overall and trying to change my physique. And I actually mentioned this for a little bit and in talking about the fact that boring is usually better and being more specific with your training and sticking to a lot of the foundational movements, but repeating them week after week after week, 
is actually really more effective and will always be the tried and true method when it comes to changing your body. And I wish I just learned that a little bit sooner, but I kind of fell into that trap of like, oh, this sexy boutique fitness model. And it's all about variety and people getting bored with their workouts and the fact that you'll never do the same workout twice. I've literally worked for companies where that was a part of their marketing. And I've just learned so much more and really matured. And I want to come back to this idea of maturity. And that's really where I'm going to go is that I've matured in my fitness journey and recognizing that that is actually not required and might have been holding me back. And again, we're talking to people who are busy. So why hold you back when we all can agree that we want to get to a lean, a toned physique as fast as possible? That's what everyone wants. I don't think there's a single person who listens to this podcast that could argue that's not what they want. So much so that you'll do ridiculous stuff like not eat enough food, do tons of cardio. You know, the list can go on of all the different fad diets and things out there. But you'll do just about anything to achieve that until you realize that those just about anything methods are going to continue to set you back because they're so extreme. They're so not sustainable that all we then do is start over and maybe even start over at a point that's further back because we've gained more weight in kind of the come off of that experience. So all that said, going back to this post, talking about variety, talking about measuring your workouts in terms of how much sweat or how many calories you burned. And the other big one was just having this perception that your workouts are considered the best or most efficient workouts based on this idea of like, let me do, you know, lower weight and more reps and just doing more, more, more and piling on more and thinking you even need to be in the gym six, seven days a week. That was something I was guilty of for many years and didn't realize that the results were in the recovery. So again, just kind of dispelling a lot of these myths and then making the point that that's really where you can grow in your fitness journey and unlock a transformation that you have not yet achieved. But the problem is you look at so many other people and you look at the person and the people that you happen to know who did this certain diet and it worked for them and they lost 20 pounds and they also happen to be going to group fitness classes or they happen to be getting on the treadmill, you know, multiple days a week, or they happen to be the person that they tell you like, oh yeah, all I do is get on the Stairmaster for 20 minutes or I hop on my Peloton for 30 minutes and then I follow this diet that, you know, has XYZ meals built into it and focus on protein. And maybe some of those things are even right. Like I'll give somebody that maybe some of those things do in fact work. Like it does prioritize protein. It is getting their body moving. They're getting their steps and they're going on works walks, excuse me. I'm not going to take any of that work away from what that person may be doing, but you have to take ownership and responsibility for what outcome you really want and then ask yourself, is that going to work for me? And if you don't know if it's going to work for you, fine, go give it a try. I'll give you permission to go give it a try, but I'm also going to tell you that it's not going to get you the results that you want because it's likely not going to last or other things in your life are going to change that will make it very difficult for you to maintain whatever that method is asking of you. For example, let's say it is following some type of very restrictive meal plan. What are you going to do when you decide to go out to dinner? It's date night. 
That could happen once a week. What's what are you going to do? Are you going to blow the calorie deficit that you were maintaining that a calorie deficit, by the way, you didn't even realize you were on because it was disguised in this fancy but seemingly simplified little meal plan? That's possible. Or what are you going to do when there comes a day when you're just like, I don't really want to get on my Peloton again. And maybe you've been getting on your Peloton twice a day. I don't have time for that. Listen, I want to move my body, but some I've gone through periods in my life where sometimes I'm lucky. I feel lucky if I get to the gym three days a week. And I know people out there who are listening who have both jobs and children can certainly relate to that. I think there are people who may say that they are pretty consistent in their fitness routine, but out of convenience, they choose to go to a group fitness class because they know it's going to hold them accountable and they know it's going to help them stay committed to that one hour, that 45 minutes even they've carved out of their day to be able to go and get that done. On top of that, You also just don't want to think. I hear this so much. I make so many decisions throughout the day. I just don't really want to have to think about what I do when I go into the gym. I get that. That's one of the number one reasons that I have a nutrition coach. Honestly, I really feel going back to that word of maturity, a way that I've grown in the past six months, even in the coaching relationship that I have and how my nutrition coach plays a role in my journey is really pushing myself to not have this sort of like, oh, I program for people all day long. So I want someone else to tell me what to do because I have the knowledge. And honestly, I was kind of using that as a way to overcomplicate what I was doing and maybe as a little bit of an excuse to think that my workouts weren't necessarily going to get me the results that I wanted when just having some conversations with my coach and talking about the fact that we can keep it simple by focusing on four to six movements or even only three sometimes, depending on what time I'm working with, but then prioritizing the effort, the weight that I'm using, how fatigued I actually feel during the workout. Am I working to a point of failure? Could those weights be heavier? Could those rep counts be lower or higher? Or could I even use a different machine, a different exercise to target that muscle group based on Krista's body, maybe Krista's range of motion, some of my limitations, or just the way my brain and my mind has that muscular connection? Because all of that matters. And I'm here to tell you that a lot of what I just mentioned is very difficult to achieve inside of a group fitness environment. I mean, think about it. I just mentioned all these things that I'm then asking you to think about. Hey, this trainer is handing you a workout. Cool. Maybe we want to modify it. And I do this with clients. I'll meet them halfway a little bit where I'll say, I even actually have Amanda working on something like this right now, where we have come up with a schedule where it's like a few days a week. She goes to her group fitness class. And then she has a couple days a week where she's working out solo with programming that I assigned to her. But the principles that she's applying to the workout that she's doing solo have to also be applied in that group fitness setting. What do I mean by those principles? Everything I just mentioned. I'm talking making that mind-muscle connection, asking yourself if you are using the appropriate weight. Is this going to challenge you after a certain number of reps or are you just kind of rushing through it because you know the workout's based on an interval and you have this mentality of, oh, I need to get as many reps as I can done in the 45 seconds, one minute, or however many minutes I have at that exercise at that station based on that structure. That is seemingly more to think about if you sit back and assess all that. Where if you're working out on your own, maybe you take your time. Maybe you don't feel rushed between sets. Or if again, 
you're a busy person and you don't feel like you have a ton of time and that's why you want the blueprint. Well, that's one reason to bring down some of the volume of your workouts in the sense of we don't need to do seven different exercises. Let's do three and let's do four sets of each of them and absolutely crush every single one of those sets. Treat every single one of those sets almost like a mini workout where for those two minutes, if that, that it takes you to complete the reps, that is the only thing you're focused on because you're not already rushing to the next thing. You're not even thinking about that next exercise that's coming up. I'll steal this from my own nutrition coach, shout out to Aram. He made this great post, it was probably a month or two ago, but saying that if you need a good gauge for how hard you are working in the gym, you should not be distracted by anything. Meaning, if you are able to kind of pay attention to the person at the bench next to you, even notice what music is playing if you don't have your headphones in, see that somebody in the corner is doing, I don't know, something distracting or like you're looking over the corner over your shoulder and you're like, what is this weird exercise that this person is doing? If you can pay attention to any of those things, you are leaving effort on the table. And leaving effort on the table means that you're not getting as much of you as you could. Like think about it like, of any kind of like citrus fruit that we want to squeeze, right? Or like a lemon, you're putting lemon into your water. We want to squeeze as much out of that lemon as possible to get as much flavor as we can in that 30 minute window. Because I would argue that much more effort is more effective than if you had gotten six workouts in instead. And I'm being slightly facetious in saying that because there are a lot of other factors that would go into that statement, looking at how you recover, what your nutrition is like, are you getting enough sleep, all the things I could go on and on about. But overall, in in getting you to think about some of this and as you're listening to this, I want to go back to how I teed this all up and saying, how do we assess when? What is the timing behind making the decision for yourself, X, Y, Z path, effort, method, approach is not working for me anymore. I'm biased, but as a coach, this is probably the main thing that I'm able to point out to clients. You get so wrapped up in your day-to-day routine and you get so stuck on thinking, well, again, make that comparison claim because this worked for someone else. I'm seeing this, you know, post about how this person lost 20 pounds and worked for them, then surely it'll work for me. Well, what if you don't know anything else about that person, like the way they sleep, like the way they recover, how they're eating, you know, what their protein intake looks like? What if you don't know any of that and you're just also a different person? Maybe they manage stress better than you. Maybe they don't have as much stress as you. There's so many other variables that we would have to control to be able to guarantee that what worked for Sally is going to work for Susie. That's it. The human body is both complex and simple at the same time in that we don't have to overcomplicate what we do. But I think one of the reasons why people start to overcomplicate is because they get frustrated that something's not working. And usually that frustration is I'm going to call you out because you're not really doing it to the degree that you need to. And maybe that's because of your lifestyle. Maybe it's because of a mental roadblock or maybe it's just because it's designed in a really crappy way. And I think usually it's the latter. It's definitely some of the former. And I want to talk about some of the former in terms of, you know, 
how do you decide you've been giving something X amount of months? Did you actually give it your all? I'm going to get to that next. But I think a lot of it is the this approach is not going to work for you for the long term because of the example that I gave of, hey, what do you do when you are wanting to travel, wanting to go out to eat, but you were following some meal plan that's super, super structured? It's only going to get you so far. It'll get you from point A, let's say you're starting at that start line at point A, then to point B. But what if point B is not where you want to finish? And that is the message of this podcast. What if point B isn't it for you? Because it's not the final destination. That's where you got to start asking yourself, do I need to take a different approach? So how do you know if you've put enough time into doing something and how do you know if you're really doing it before you decide that it's not right for you? I can't put, I wish I could, I can't put a hard and fast number on this. But again, if you are someone who is looking to change your body, you want to tone up, you want to be lean, you want to build muscle. And then on top of that, you want to have energy, you want to enjoy yourself, you want to live your life. If you do something, and when I say do something, like take whatever kind of approach it is. And again, I'm going to make the argument that it can be, it can be keto. It could be some kind of diet that I don't agree with. Like, But what we have to agree on is if you give it your all, if you give it 152% effort for at least three to six months and it does not work for you, it is time to reevaluate. So there's a lot of you out there who have been working out a certain way for more like three to six years. And you still may be sitting there saying to yourself, I am not happy with the results that I currently have. I want to make a change. So then what do you do? First, you probably start to look at your nutrition, but you keep saying to yourself, I literally put up a poll about this and 95% of the people in the poll, right before I recorded this episode, I checked the poll and it had about like 25 votes on it or something. And maybe a couple of people, like a handful of people voted that they weren't really feeling it with their fitness routine. Most people voted that they were happy with their fitness routine. Now, that's broad. Maybe you're happy with your fitness routine because you like the gym you go to, you like the friends that you have there, you, or more importantly, what I was really trying to get at is that you're happy with the results that you're seeing, you're happy with how your clothes fit, you're happy with the energy levels that you have. Awesome. If that's the case, then good. Keep doing what you're doing. But if you do what you've always done and you don't like that, That's a definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So something's got to change. And as a nutrition coach and as somebody who deeply cares about nutrition, for me, I usually take our clients through the process of assessing their nutrition first. But let's go back to that point A to point B versus trying to get from point A to point B and then B to C and so on and so forth. The way we uncover all of this inside of the Fitness Fix program is we isolate. So I'll have a client who's come in and I have many clients who I've seen this evolution with over the last even four months in particular. And it's been really cool because it's kind of changed our coaching relationship. They've come in, they've started the program. They tell me, Hey, I feel pretty, pretty good about my fitness routine. You know, I'm taking these classes or I'm going into the gym by myself. And I say, okay, cool. And we're really big on 
designing something that's doable. And one of the main pillars of designing something that's doable is not overloading you and overwhelming you with 62 different things that you need to start to change. So if you tell me that you're going to the gym four days a week and you mentioned that, you know, you're getting anywhere from, let's call it six to 10,000 steps a day, then I'm not necessarily going to harp on changing your fitness routine just yet. Keyword just yet. Instead, we spend the first couple of months, three, four, five months or so looking at your nutrition and dialing that in. Most of the time, that's where a lot of people's challenges are. And I can promise that if you don't know where to start, you should definitely start with your nutrition, especially if you enjoy your fitness routine, but you just want to get a little bit more out of it. You, you have to address your nutrition. Now, they're happy with what they see because they're putting in the work. And that's, again, the really important caveat to all of this. You need to be honest with yourself as a human being. And that's why I said it doesn't matter the diet I'm talking about here. If you want to look at tracking your macros, obviously, I'm going to say that's what you should do. But even if it's some other approach, are you giving it full effort? Are you, you know, a good example of one of the reasons why I brought up keto is because if you're going to follow something like keto, but then you're going to go have a few drinks, I hate to break it to you, but every time you go have a few drinks, especially if that's something you're doing every weekend, you didn't really give it your all out effort. And therefore I wouldn't make the argument that it's quote unquote, not working for you because having a couple of glasses of wine or any kind of alcohol is going to kick you out of ketosis, which is the whole point of the approach of that diet. So that's what I mean in saying it's not working. Or for those of you out there who have attempted to track your food, if you're someone who tracks your food Monday through Thursday, you might even hit some macro goals at minimum, like the bare minimum. You know, you hit a, a protein goal that's roughly your body weight in grams of protein. You do all that, cool. But then Friday, Saturday, Sunday roll around, you don't track anything. And if you're not tracking anything and you're going out to eat multiple times, like multiple lunches and multiple dinners, I can promise you that because you don't have the awareness of what you're putting in your mouth, it is very likely that you are not sticking to or staying within the structure of that macro protocol. It is very likely that you're not in fact doing the work that's associated with that type of approach. So I want to be ridiculously clear. I know I might sound like I'm repeating myself, but I want to be ridiculously clear on that point because when we come to this question of, well, how long should I spend doing something before deciding that that path isn't the one for me, you need to really do it. And that's what I mean when I say you need to actually really do it and give it your all. And I think some of the times when I get the most disappointed as a coach is when people feel that our program isn't working for them. It's because they didn't really participate in it. They didn't necessarily check in with us when they felt like things were tough. There were a lot of days where they weren't tracking their food. We offer weekly group coaching calls. And if they're not participating in them or at the very least watching our replays, then that's an indication that if they come to me three, four or five, even six months down the line that they don't understand why they're struggling. I have to put my tough love hat on and call them out for their lack of participation. But the clients that do focus on that and then kind of keep their fitness routine constant, the cool thing is we've now isolated a variable for them so that we know we can't argue with the facts of nutrition really matters. We've literally seen that for them because we didn't change their fitness. But here's where phase two kind of comes in. They get from point A of 
you know, just worrying about fitness, not really understanding the disconnect, not understanding why nutrition is important. Then they go from A to point B. And at point B, they've, let's just put a number on it. They lost 10 pounds, 15 pounds. They lost a bunch of body fat. They put on a bunch of muscle, whatever it is. They've accomplished those things. But then they look at their progress pictures or they look in the mirror. They have maybe this like certain outfit that's hanging in their closet and it still doesn't fit them yet. Or they're not quite happy yet. They're saying to themselves, the body that I really, really desire, I'm not all the way there. And that is the gap of point B to point C. So that's where we mature coming back to that word. That's where we take things to the next level. And we say, okay, cool. You've demonstrated to me as your coach, but you as yourself that you really understand the value of nutrition. Great. But let's start looking at some of this other stuff. You have more knowledge. The nutrition piece doesn't feel as intimidating. You've learned how to navigate your nutrition in periods where it was tough, where you had roadblocks, where you needed to estimate things because you were traveling, going out to eat. Maybe you had to say no to drink sometimes because it just wasn't going to work for you on that particular day. Desserts, whatever it is. You know that you can do that. We now can dedicate more energy and headspace into looking at your workouts. And I find that of this population who is more accustomed to things like group fitness, and that's what they know, and I will keep repeating it over and over again, I don't have a problem with group fitness. I literally built my fitness career off of group fitness, and I love the community, and I did an episode with a great friend of mine and a colleague in the industry who is so knowledgeable and a former group fitness coach herself, my friend Mallory. I'll link that episode down in the show notes. It was very popular. We did it just a few months back, and I think it opened up a lot of people's eyes. The point that was made there and the point that I want to go back to now is it all depends on what your specific goals are. So if you were someone who was barely getting into the gym and you're thinking about this like couch to 5k kind of concept, then group fitness is freaking fantastic for you. And I would urge you to do it. It makes getting into a fitness routine way more approachable. It's fun. It's social. It makes it friendlier. You feel like you have people that are going to hold you accountable. Hell yeah. To all of that. But if you're the person who's been doing that group fitness for four years and you're like, huh, I kind of lost 10 pounds or five pounds or seven pounds in the first six months of doing this. And then things just got pretty stagnant. You're the person I'm really speaking to right now. And yes, you need to address nutrition first. So if you haven't done that, that is still the sweet spot of where I think most people need to start. But from there, we need to continue to keep in mind this lens of you're a busy person, you want results, and every person on the planet wants these results as fast as possible. So that's where we have to start saying, hey, can we layer in this other area? And then two, if we know that you've gotten to that point where you're kind of like pretty pleased with your results, but you're not 100% pleased, this is the maturity in your journey where we then say, we can only continue to go this way for so long until it's not gonna get you to where you wanna go, that's point B. And then getting from point B to point C is where we start to really assess the way we're training so that you can then marry your nutrition and your training so that you are just firing on all cylinders. You are getting the results that you want because you are attacking this from multiple angles. And if you're attacking this from multiple angles, I can promise you that you will be happier with what point C looks like. At the end of the day, and I can say this from a lot of personal experience, I think a lot of people don't really get from point B to point C as smoothly as they get from point A to point B. And I can use my own experience. I've shared this on the show before, but just to give this context. 
in the past in working with coaches, when I first discovered macronutrients, when I first fell into food tracking, I was that person who is exactly what I'm describing. I felt like I was hauling ass in the gym and I love working out and I really enjoyed it then too. But I was like, I put in so much effort in the gym. I should have a six pack. That was my thought process. I was 22. So priorities have shifted, but I really thought that I should have apps. And I knew that it had to be something that wasn't fitness related. So I hired a coach. I learned macros. I lost like 12, 15 pounds. I was super lean. And it's funny because you look back on pictures like that and you're like, I was so tiny and I don't necessarily strive to look like that now, but that's the maturity in the fitness journey. And here's where the line or the path, the road gets very windy because I got from point A to point B. And instead of really thinking about what was required to go from point B to C, I just kind of said to the coach, hey, I'm super happy with these results. I'm good. I didn't learn how to walk my calories back up after being in a deficit. I kind of reverted back to old habits because in that time that I was in a deficit, there's no sugarcoating it. It takes some sacrifice. And I certainly gave up a few things. I didn't like totally deprive myself, but I definitely gave up a few things that I really enjoyed. So I went back to a lot of them or maybe it was being a little looser with how much I was tracking or if I at the time you know, it was, if it was in the summer or something, I'm big ice cream girl. And it would turn into let's get ice cream multiple nights a week instead of just once a week or whatever it was. Stuff like that, that slowly trickled into then birthdays and holidays and travel. And I slowly got away from a lot of my habits that instead of going from point B to point C, I went from point B back to point A. And what did I do? I repeated the cycle of hiring a coach, got myself again from point A to point B, but then I said, see you later. And so much of the focus that we put in the Fitness Fit Fix program into getting to point C is because of my own struggles. And because if I was, there was one thing I could go back and do differently, it was what I just described. It would have been staying with the coach to then start to look at some of these other things. Honestly, I was just kind of afraid to do anything other than group fitness. I also fortunate enough at the time to have an awesome personal trainer. And we were always doing really fun things in the gym. But if I think about how I could have leveraged those relationships differently, I wish I would have talked to that person more at the time about how I could then do some of those workouts on my own. And I was, I'm sharing that I was afraid because I hear from clients that are pushed back all the time about going into the gym by themselves is because they feel silly. They're like, I don't know how to move the pins around on the machines. And even though machines should be less intimidating, I'm uncomfortable using the barbell. I feel like I need someone to spot me. I've been there. I, I feel for you. I have been that person. Even after being a certified personal trainer, I felt like that. So you could read all the books and have a lot of knowledge and teach other people how to do some of these things and still feel uncomfortable. But if I had asked more questions to build the autonomy, to build the skill set, to be able to do it by myself, I think then when shit got hard, for lack of a better way to say it, when things in my personal life changed, when I quit a job, when I canceled a wedding, when I moved uh, back home from North Carolina to New Jersey and I didn't have some of the systems that I had in place when I lived in North Carolina, if I had 
gain more of that knowledge in a way that wasn't other people dictating it to me and more of Krista taking ownership of that, I don't think I would have struggled as much. And now I don't know. I had a lot of different life events that all kind of happened at the same time, but it is something in reflecting on it now three and a half years later that I think could have been a little different. So how do I pay that forward? I try to instill that in all of our clients. I really try to instill somebody who comes to us and asks questions. I had an awesome conversation with a client today, the day that I'm recording this, we spent our entire 30 minute call just talking about workouts. And what we really talked about was her having a list handy that if let's say, you know, the challenge in this example was sometimes the gym that she goes to gets kind of crowded and then she's at a loss for what that substitute exercise could be if she can't get on a squat rack. I totally get that. And yeah, you could jump on Google, but then you kind of doubt yourself because you're like, well, I need to follow this specific program. So is that the right thing to do? Listen, I totally get it. So what we did together was we came up with a list of here are top go-to exercises. If this is the base for your workout, if not this, then that. And she now has those swaps handy that she can refer back to. And by the time we got to the end of that Zoom call, she was like, wow, I feel so much better about this. I'm so glad that I asked you this question. And I was really glad that she asked me that question too, because She's a perfect example of somebody who we've really dialed in on her nutrition and we know she's giving her nutrition hundred percent effort. So there's only so much more we can kind of squeeze out of that nutrition lemon, so to speak. So now we got to start to uncover some of these other, other fruits. We got to start to uncover the oranges. We got to start to uncover the limes, whatever you want to call it. We got to start to uncover the grapefruits because those things do matter. And she's at a point where she has a solid baseline that we can then start to mature, get a little more complex with things. And it's not necessarily get more complex, but it's just looking at it from other angles and then trying to piece it all together. So to bring it all home, you give a old college try, like full on effort to something for a good three to six months. And you're honest with yourself about the capacity that you have to give it that effort, that you're giving it as much effort as you try to convince yourself that you are. And if you don't feel like something's different, then you got to change something. And if you don't know what to change, that's where a coach comes in. And then if you're past that point, if you're like, I did kind of unlock the thing that works for me, I want you to hear this. The body that you want is not going to be accomplished in six months. It's probably not because in six months, at least inside of this fitness fix program, most of our clients tend to go through what we call our find phase, which is where they really build the knowledge and understanding around macronutrients and tailoring their macronutrients to their food preferences. And then they move into the fuel phase, which is where we go through the reverse diet process. We intentionally walk their calories up, getting them to purposefully eat more food, likely see some body composition changes. And then we take them to our focus phase, which is our calorie deficit phase. That typically takes a solid six months. And that's if you're on point during that whole process. There's reasons why you might not be on point. It is reasonable to not be on point because things come up, you get sick, you travel, whatever it is, but you can't always let that be the reason that you're not going to get to where you want to go. So let's say then life happens. So it really takes more like seven months. Well, now we, we took you to that first, we were now at point B, we got through that calorie deficit, but you're there and you're like, I'm super happy with my results, but I feel like I want to get a little bit more out of this. You got to go through that same cycle again. We have to walk those calories back up. We then start playing around with some of these other things. 
And I don't know about you, but for the knowledge that I have, this now sounds really easy and hopefully I'm communicating this clear enough so that it sounds really easy as you're kind of listening to this. But if this is not your wheelhouse of expertise, then you probably don't really know how to continue to do this when you're managing all of the other things in your life that make you such a busy person. I had a great sales call with someone the other day who said, you know, I'm interested in this stuff and I want to learn it. And I know that I need to make a change to my nutrition, but I get confused when I research things and I'll, I'm not going to sit here and say, I have the time to research it. And you don't, you don't, there's so many other things you want to be doing with your time, but that's not a reason for you not to be healthy. And that's not a reason for you to not take care of yourself. So that's where the ownership on your end comes in and saying, hey, if I don't know something, I got to speak up. If something feels too hard, ask for help. If you continue to do a certain method and it's not getting the changes that you want, you are wasting your time. You're also wasting money because you're doing nothing with knowing that you're not getting to where you want to go when you could actually accelerate the process. So if you're out there and you're saying to yourself, oh, well, six months actually sounds like a long time. How many years have you wasted until you've gotten to this point until you at how many more months, weeks, days, years are you going to waste until you actually pull the trigger on getting the support you need to make the change? So that's also my plug for coaching. September is right around the corner. If you didn't do much this summer and you're sitting here and you're saying to yourself by next summer, I'd really like to look different. You have to start now. And if you start now, what's really cool is we can go through that entire cycle twice, exactly as I described it. And I can pretty much guarantee you that if you put your head down, you do the work, you show up, we can get you from point A to point C. We're going to get to point B in between, but we're not going to waste any time. We're not going to take that winding path. But that starts with you making that decision. That's all I got for you guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, and if you're ready to apply for coaching, The link to our application is down in the show notes. If you have questions, you want to learn more, you can shoot me a message on Instagram at either the Krista Huber or at the fix.officialpod. And with that, I'm going to leave you guys like I always leave you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll catch you next week.